The Watership Down podcast is intended for listeners who are familiar with the plot. There will be spoilers. This episode is scripted by Newell Fisher and Leah Michaela. It is recorded, edited and narrated by Newell Fisher. Hello and welcome to the Watership Down podcast episode 140 in which we'll be looking at season 2 episode 3 of the TV series and episode 16 of the series overall. The market. I'm still showcasing Watership Down themed art, details in the notes. Please let me know if you would like your Watership Down themed art to appear as the podcast title image for an episode, with full credit given. I've had an email from regular contributor Leah Michaela, which is well worth reading out. Leah's perspectives on the influences between versions of Watership Down have always been interesting. Quote, after you posted that the account of all the episodes of Watership Down series had been removed from YouTube, I decided I'd better start listening to the podcast episodes without re-watching the respective series episodes first to catch up. Even if replacement was found soon, who knows if even that gets removed before I actually get around to re-watching it. Last podcast episode I've listened to now is 127, though time will tell how sporadic I get to listen on. Turns out I do remember the series better than I thought. Apparently it felt blurred in my memory because the timeline differs so much from the book and there's no book-related events mixed in between. Having watched a heavily edited version first and the whole series later doesn't help either. So it was helpful to hear the timeline differences sorted out in the podcast. Not all the details have left a memory mark, though. I did not remember that hiding in a scarecrow and trying to pass as a human detail, but that sounded so role-playing game-type solution, so no wonder I kept thinking bunnies and burrows all the time back when when watching the series, and wondering how many episodes are actually based on scriptwriter's old role-playing campaign. Maybe none, but the series has been made in a world where the role-playing game about rabbits existed, so maybe there is some winks to its direction? At least the series aimed at kids seems to hint rather than straight what kids could play in case they wanted to make and play their own adventures imagined in this series' world, like the repeating bigwigs boot camps. RPG likeness could be similar hint to a bit older kids who are less likely to spend days jumping over logs pretending they're at Bigwigs boot camp, but might be interested in tabletop gaming or writing, drawing, fan fiction. I also do remember that some episodes of the series felt like they were caught well in the feeling of the book, like some Garden Raid episode. And apparently, Garden Raid is one of the ready adventures that one can buy for bunnies and burrows too, though. And some that seem to be more far out in the realm of nothing to do with the books, like episodes with the country fair and travelling to the seaside. It seems Bigwig of the series is based on Tales Bigwig, not on Watership Down Bigwig. I remember also getting the impression that the series did not quite know what to do with gender-swapped Blackberry, so she was pretty much just left hanging on the side, whereas the Netflix series Gender-swapped Strawberry was better written into the story by making a doe joining the party to have an effect on the group dynamic straight away. And it bugged me that Kihar and Hannah being friends already before they meet the rabbits is not motivated, as well as them wanting to be friends with rabbits is not motivated either. I think the book telling how treating others with respect and helping them out of sticky situations is rewarded and helps make allies instead of enemies would have been a decent lesson to have even in a series aimed at kids. Laters, Leah. End quote. Thank you for those thoughts, Leah. The revisionist in me cannot help admiring the way this TV series plays around with the world of Warship Down and it is interesting to speculate how that process was decided upon. Anyway, let's go to market. Season 2, Episode 3, The Market 
The 16th episode of the Watership Down TV series was first broadcast in the UK on the 17th of August 2000. It was written by Anna Bork. There will be a link to the episode in the notes. In the legendary TV comedy show Monty Python's Flying Circus, there was an occasional character, a British Army officer who would intervene when a sketch went too far, declaring, Stop that! That's silly! Well, the Watership Down TV series is about to reach that moment with the next two episodes, in my humble opinion. Local wildlife helping to defeat Woundwort en masse was alright, but the rabbits taking a trip to the seaside is just plain silly. Especially as we are never told how they get back to Watership Down. But I will let you into a little secret. I've actually been quietly looking forward to covering these episodes, a still from which was the episode image way back in episode 14 of this podcast, when I covered originalism and revisionism in Watership Down. Check it out, because everything I said then still applies. It is a lovely summer's day, and the rabbits of Watership Down, Bigwig, Hazel, Fiverr and Hawkbit, are on patrol in a field of long grass. As usual, they have air cover in the form of Kihar looking out for a lil. But there is a problem. Kihar is feeling homesick for the peak water and is singing to himself of his love, Katerina. His reverie is interrupted by a flock of birds flying past him. He shouts after them, asking them if they are going to the peak water and flies after them. A fox vixen appears at the edge of the field the patrol is in and sniffs the air. Growling, it enters the long grass. The patrol has no warning. As it runs towards its prey, the fox treads on a twig. This sound gives the rabbits a little warning that there is a lil in the field with them, but Kihar would have given them a lot more. Realising Kihar has gone, Hazel tells them to move quietly, but it is too late. The fox has found them. Hazel shouts at the patrol to scatter, thus confusing the fox and giving them a better chance of escape. Well-worn owls are tactics. They meet at their rallying point in undergrowth at the edge of the field. Hazel, being the one the fox decided to chase, arrives last and they quickly make their way back to Watership Down. As they climb the scarp slope, Kihar shows up again, asking where they all went. Hawkbit says they were nearly inside a fox and asks Kihar where he was. Apologetically, he said he saw some gannets he, he knew from the peak water. Hazel and Bigwig tell Kihar he let them down in no uncertain terms. He apologises again. So far, so in the spirit of Watership Down. Later, on the down, Hannah finds a worm for Kihar, but he doesn't help her with it, as he obviously usually would. He is looking very dejected and says his heart is sore. Hannah tells the rabbits. Fiverr says they may have been a bit harsh with him, but Hawkbit, no surprise, has no sympathy. Pipkin tries talking to Kihar. He is missing the Pigvata and Katerina. Hannah lets Pipkin know that Katerina is Kihar's bird. This would be funnier for a British audience, for whom bird is a somewhat sexist term that has been used to refer to women. In particular, it has been known for British men to refer to their girlfriends as their bird. P Pipkin's suggestion is very simple. If Kihar is missing the big water, he must go there. Kihar is immediately excited at this idea, but then remembers that he doesn't want to leave his friends on Watership Down. What to do? The cogs of Pipkin's mind start turning, and he comes up with a brilliant idea. He will go to the big water with Kihar. Hazel quickly intervenes. This should be the point at which Pipkin, who is very young in this version of Warship Down, is told he cannot possibly go to the big water with Kihar. 
In a sensible version of the story, Kihar would then be encouraged to take a break from the down and go back to the big water, as happens in the original novel after the escape from Ephrafa. We also learn in the epilogue that he does return to Warship Down, though not soon enough to help them at the Ephrafan siege. However, this is not a sensible story, and the underdeveloped sense of geography of a young rabbit is allowed to prevail, with normally level-headed adult rabbits allowing themselves to be convinced that a trip to the seaside is a good idea. The does are nowhere to be seen, probably because they would have talked them out of such a ridiculous idea. And so, Hazel, Fiverr, Bigwig, Hawkbit, Dandelion and Pipkin set off for the big water, guided by Kihar. After all, says Hazel, how far can it be? Well, donning my pedantic hat for a moment, the nearest sea due south from Watership Down is 33 miles away, or 53 kilometres, at the entrance to the Solent on Southampton Water. However, the coastline they end up at has high cliffs, which suggests they end up further to the west in Dorset. This is more like 60 miles away, or 96 kilometres, on the more remote cliffs west of Bournemouth. By contrast, the distance between the two furthest points in the novel Watership Down, the Warren at Sandleford and the pond on the River Test, is just over 10 miles, or 16 kilometres, one-sixth of the distance they are apparently about to travel. So how exactly are a bunch of rabbits proposing to get there? Kihar, who should know better, as he knows the distance very well, excitedly leads them, saying they should be there by the next moon, and that it is not far. These are contradictory terms. It appears that the direction they head in initially is north, towards Nuthanger Farm, the opposite direction to the one they should be taking. There, the rabbits, much to the ire of the impatient Kihar, come across a lorry loaded with flayra. None of this was planned, so why did they head north? They decide to climb into the lorry for a quick bit of sylphlay before continuing the journey. Hawkbit is told to keep watch and that he will get his turn. Kihar, watching from the air, spots Duster the dog patrolling the farm and warns Hawkbit, who climbs aboard the lorry. They all hide in the lorry until Duster is gone. Kihar tells them the coast is clear and to run. Then he spots a man approaching the lorry and tells them to stay hidden. The man closes up the lorry gets into the cab along with the dog and drives away. The five rabbits are trapped in a lorry going who knows where. The lorry eventually stops at a town market. The rabbits can smell humans as well as many other creatures. The man opens up the back of the lorry and takes a crate. The dog seems to smell something in the lorry before being called away. The rabbits sit at the entrance to the back of the lorry taking in their new unfamiliar surroundings. Hazel decides it would be a good idea to get out of the hoodoo before the dog comes back. Immediately, the group gets separated after being startled by a man riding a horse. Hawkbit and Dandelion ending up back underneath the lorry, while the others hide underneath a market stall. At this point, Kihar appears, desperately searching for his friends from the air. He complains to himself that rabbits and trouble go together like fish and water. Hold on, though. Didn't he encourage them to go with him? Hawkbit and Dandelion sensibly decide to wait under the lorry until they are found by the others, at which point a red balloon lands next to the lorry and bursts, sending them bolting off in blind panic. They end up under another market stall. Dandelion fears they are doomed to spend the rest of their lives in this place, bolting at every turn, at which point they turn to see two vicious, well, cats by the sound of them, in a cage right behind them, so they bolt again. Elsewhere in the market, Bigwig is complaining about Hawkbit and Dandelion, whose scent he has picked up. They didn't stay put. 
Just then, bubbles start drifting by. Pipkin, who can see rainbow patterns in them, says that this is a message from Prince Rainbow. They should find the source of the bubbles to find Hawkbiss and Dandelion. Anyway, they all follow Pipkin. I suppose no one has any has a better idea. In fact, Fiverr positively agrees with Pipkin. Kehar is complaining that rabbits are never where he looks. Meanwhile, Dandelion also sees the bubbles and comes to the same conclusion as Pipkin. Both he and Hawkbit move towards their source. The source of the bubbles turns out to be a mechanical bear. Random, but it has worked, as the six rabbits are reunited under a bench nearby. Hazel says they now need to get out of this nightmare, just as a man sits on the bench. Bigwig spots a flower stall. This is the closest thing they have seen to a burrow. They end up under one of the shelves of the stall in the best cover they have found yet. Hazel suggests that as they cannot find a way out of this place, they should use the same method that brought them to, to there to escape, in a crududu. Just then, a forklift truck rolls up and its pallet forks move under the shelf they are hiding under. Their cover is lifted in the air and they are out in the open, again. They make a run for it, passing through a ring-toss stall where a couple of rings land on Dandelion's ears. Apparently no humans notice this. They then dodge into a Punch and Judy stand, where the alarming sight of a pile of puppets make them think this might not be the ideal place to hide. They hide in a pile of cloth on a small cart. Kihar, meanwhile, has landed on the Punch and Judy stall, and seeing the crowd watching starts to perform for them, before the Punch puppet hits his foot with a stick. The puppets are thrown into the small cart, which is wheeled away. Kihar has landed nearby and takes a fish from a fishmonger's stall. The cart passes a pig in an enclosure. Hazel concludes that they are now in a farm. They make a break for something that is at least familiar. Which is where they meet the pig properly. The pig is a sow and speaks with a Welsh accent. Her name is Hyacinth and she is voiced by Sue Elliot Nichols who also voices Blackberry. Hyacinth is a prize winning pig and has apparently been in all sorts of hoodoo contrary to what Fiver thinks as well as in boats, which Kihar has told them about, and things called planes. But what she really wants is to be able to go where she likes. She wants to wander in the high hills. The rabbits tell her they are trying to get to the big water. So, the rabbits ask her, why doesn't she escape? She is big enough to just bash her way out of her enclosure. She agrees she could. However, first, Bigwig wonders if she could help them to find a crududu so they can get away. Hyacinth agrees to. She even offers to help find one with the smell of the sea on it to help them on their way. Hyacinth tells them to stand back and makes a run at the side of her enclosure, smashing it down. She runs joyfully through the market, followed by the rabbits as her owner shouts out in alarm. The loose pig causes general panic and Kihar, flying above, at last spots his friends. The escapees run past dust of the dog before he realises what has happened. The rabbits pause in the ring-toss stall, where Kihar lands and informs them they have made enough noise with the pig for Yona the prickly mole to find them. They explain that Hyacinth is going to find a hoodoo for them. Kihar is sceptical. Just then, Duster the dog finds them. They bolt but are finally cornered. Just as they are resigning themselves to their fate, Hyacinth, with Kihar on her back, comes to the rescue, bowling Duster over and sending him away, whimpering. Kihar had found Hyacinth and persuaded her to turn back. Bigwig thanks him. Kihar is redeemed. And now Hyacinth turns her attention back to finding the rabbits a crududu. They all make their way to a coach park in the town square where Hyacinth starts sniffing coaches. 
After some scepticism from Bigwig, she demonstrates her smelling skills on Fiverr by telling him everywhere he has been and what he has eaten that day. Fiverr is intrigued, and she shoots Bigwig a look for doubting her. She finds a red bus that smells of all things seaside-related. The luggage compartment just happens to be open with no humans around. Climbing into a lockable compartment with no possibility of escape until a human lets them out, Hazel thanks Hyacinth and she thanks him back for encouraging her to free herself. Fiverr tells Hyacinth she'll like the high hills. Then they hear human voices. Hyacinth says she has better go. The driver gets off the bus and puts the last suitcase in the luggage compartment. Keeha flies away. Hawkbit says the big water had better be worth it. We see Hyacinth walking in the hills. She looks back at the departing bus, then walks away, singing about how she will never go back to a pen. We see the bus disappear into the distance, with Keeha flying after it, trying to keep up. Is it canon? Of course not. We are now firmly in a Disney-fied world, with rabbits catching buses and pigs living free in the British countryside. But at least we have some kind of explanation as to how they caught the right bus. And, it has to be said, the Prince Rainbow episode was interesting. Next time, the rabbits of Watership Down reach the big water. Mm -hmm.